I remember I had a, I was, I was visiting a, a, a plant in Georgia. It was in the mountains in northwest Georgia. And I, and I was talking to, a, I think she was a shop steward or perhaps a supervisor. And I said, you know, if this person came from a different background, you know, she'd be, I don't know, uh, she'd be at Harvard Law School. I mean, she was really impressive. And I, and I, you know, I said, well, I mean, she didn't have the opportunities, and, and for her to get those opportunities, she'd have to have more education. I think that when you're trying to talk to somebody or convince somebody about something is you need to listen. And I think that was really what, I mean, I, when I was doing that research, it wasn't that I was trying to convince the people I was studying, but, I, but in order for me to learn, I had to listen to them. And I think that's been probably the most important lesson that I bring into this job, you know, which is you know, there are many people in the college, people who work here, the professors, the, particularly the students. We want to make sure, I want to make sure that what they have to say is heard. Uh, whatever improvements or difficult decisions you know we have to make they're not going to lead to anything unless people understand them and you know are on board with them enough to go along but then i won't be able to do that unless i understand unless i listen to them unless i hear what they're having to say teachers college the first and largest graduate school of education in the u.s serve students in the interrelated fields of education, health, and psychology. It does so through a number of degree programs, centers, labs, and institutes spread out across a large city block campus in New York City. Its partnerships have national and global reach. Mask Lab sat down with TC's Tom Bailey just ahead of his inauguration as the school's 11th president. We wanted to hear his thoughts on taking the helm of our long-standing institution at this time in our nation's history. We spoke with President Bailey about, among other things, his vision for the college, the state of higher education, and his love of Chopin. You're listening to the Media and Social Change Podcast. MaskLab is a hub for multimodal and digital scholarship that explores the relationship between media and our changing society. We support, curate, and create media intended to spark dialogue and social change and the development of pedagogy that uses media to foster civic engagement. MathLab is located in the Communication, Media, and Learning Technology Design Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. We asked President Bailey to start by describing his role at Teachers College over the years. Later, you'll hear questions from Lalitha Vasudevan, Joe Rena Ferry, and Caroline DeVoe. So I've been here for actually more than 27 years. Um, I started out as a professor. Uh, I've been a professor most of the time. Uh, I didn't um, originally, I've, I've not had a goal of being a college professor. Uh, I know some people do have that. I, I didn't really uh, do that. I was going to be a researcher. But as I, as I did research, I realized that I, mean, I had some goals in, in doing that. I wanted to influence. I wanted to improve education. 
Uh, I wanted to improve opportunities, address questions of equity, and I realized that I could just do that much more if I was working with a larger group of people. So that sort of led me to work to expand the work of the Community College Research Center, which was what I was leading most of the time. And I guess I, I guess I can take the next step now and work with you know the more than a thousand people you know, working at Teachers College. So can I ask you, Tom, what are your sources of inspiration as you're thinking about this? Do you draw from your work at CCRC? Do you draw from other texts or research that's out there? Are you thinking of, of particular experiences? And then I'm wondering if you could talk and touch a little bit more on how you do imagine reaching out and engaging the immediate and broader community. There's no question that my experience at the Community College Research Center has had a huge influence on you know, what I think uh, uh, we can do uh, at Teachers College. Almost everything we did was in partnership with practitioners. In many cases, our projects were jointly proposed with practitioners. So that, that gave us both a sense of what were the questions that we needed to address, what was an interpretation of the kinds of results that we got, and then there was kind of an automatic um, dissemination of what we were doing. It wasn't really a problem for us. Well, how do you get your academic research out into the world and get into practitioners? Well, you know, we were creating that knowledge with practitioners. I mean, a majority of Teachers College faculty are already, you know, working with schools, with health institutions, uh, other kinds of uh, institutions that we're concerned with. So I think there's a tremendous amount to build on. You know, like all things, I think we can pull it together, we can make it more coherent, we can have people working more closely together. It's so interesting because you're, you're coming now to the helm of this institution. Um, I heard it once described as uh, not a large ship, but a flotilla. <laughs> um, and you're taking the helm at a time of... of real hostility towards higher education, it seems like, in, in the broader national discourse. So as you think about that, as you think about sort of in this first year, what values do you think you're bringing or models are you bringing to, to this role? I mean, it's interesting that it's, I think higher education is one of those situations where people are generally negative or some or they're more negative than they used to be about higher education even though their own higher education they value it's sort of like i don't like congress but my congressperson is great or i don't like teachers but my teacher was wonderful etc one thing that makes it difficult for us to defend higher education is that it is so unequal you know that that it's really a a set of institutions that probably increase inequality because people who start out with the most end up getting the most resources devoted to them. Uh, so I think that the, the kind of ethos and underlying philosophy of Teachers College, which emphasizes trying to address those issues, you know, at the same time, we're in a time of continued uh, growth of anti-Semitism, of movements that are against the LGBTQ community, growing uh, you know, racial antagonism, we need to use this institution to try to address you know, those kinds of issues. And I guess through our research and our interaction with the community, if we can strengthen education, we can show that the benefits of higher education, I think that's one thing that helps address that.
You said something else earlier that I that I appreciated about how higher education institutions can contribute to inequality. And so I was wondering if you had a, a couple of specific examples of things that you're excited about that are beginning now or that you hope to work on both within TC and outside to, to address those equity issues. Well, I mean, I, I, the, the, exam, the best examples of at least higher ed, you know, is the, this research which shows that, you know, there were more, if you took the Ivy League plus, the so-called Ivy League plus, which I think includes Stanford and Duke or in Chicago, and the Ivy League, that, that there were more students from the upper 1% of the income distribution than from the bottom 50%. Uh, another example is if you just take the sectors of education, that is community colleges, uh, less selective four-year colleges, flagship type of four-year colleges, private, et cetera, you go up, there's a, almost a perfect relationship between the resources devoted to those students and the incomes of the students themselves. So that's so clear with community colleges where there's an overrepresentation of low-income students, of certainly students of color, immigrant students, first-generation students, and yet that's the sector that devotes the least resources to those students. And then we had an interesting... Um, we had an interesting, so some people were concerned about that, and so they realized that there were some low-income students who could have gotten into the Ivy League, but they didn't get into them. So let's have a policy that makes sure that those students who don't know would do that. You know, that's fine, but most low-income students aren't going to get into the Ivy League. So it's important that the institutions that they do go to are the best that they can be. So for us, it was saying, well, there's a lot we can do now, even without a kind of a revolution that would really take to have a more egalitarian funding stream. And what about here um, within Teachers College itself? What can we do to make Teachers College a more equitable space moving forward? Well, I mean, certainly we need to, to be concerned with recruitment the environment that we have, the nature of the community that we have, we need to be an example. I think in the end, if we're not living the types of things we're advocating, then I'm not really sure how successful we can be. We need to work on recruitment of you know, more diverse faculty, no question about that. We have a long way to go, and you know, we're trying to think of ways to do that. We've had the, the, post, the minority postdoc has been very successful. You know, another problem, though, is the cost. <clears throat> One problem with getting a, a, a broader group of students is it's expensive to come here. And so we need to both work on the, on, on the cost. I mean, we can't continue to increase tuition the way that we have. And then figure out other ways of funding students. You know, we work very hard with donors who are very interested in providing financial aid uh, to students. I mean, I think it's, it's very important that we do, we have good research funding for that, and I think we need to emphasize much more using that to, to support students because another kind of learn, something that I learned at CCRC is that that's a great learning environment. You have a bunch of students there, they're learning, they're not just learning the specifics of what's going on with their particular research project, but also learning how the whole research function takes place.
we're all very curious about what your experiences as a student, as a graduate student, were like. Maybe you can share a story of perhaps a, a favorite teacher that might have had, you know, that had some impact on you. All right. Well, I was a graduate student uh, in economics uh, at MIT. I was interested in economics because I felt like it was uh, an important determinant of how society worked and what people did. Um, MIT is very quantitative, so uh, I spent a lot of time studying um, quantitative mathematical economics. At the same time, uh, I, uh, I was interested in the world, I think, in a way that was difficult to capture just in numbers. Uh, and I had a, uh, my dissertation advisor, Michael Piori, uh, was a labor economist, and he had a view that you needed to understand the way people were thinking so that you could really interpret the data that you saw. So I think he, he encouraged uh, me and his students to not only do data analysis, but to actually go out and talk to people. So since it was labor economics and I was interested in work and employment, I started to go visit uh, workplaces to talk to managers and workers uh, so that I could understand you know, what they were thinking. If this is the sort of one of the stories about why you took the direction that you did, once you got there, do you have any stories that um, relate to, I don't know, feeling like you were making progress on something or that you were feeling like you were kind of like in the right place asking the right questions? I think the most important one really was what we, we did with community colleges, where we realized that reforms were not effective, not because people didn't want them, not because there was an effort, not a, there was a, there was an effort to, to do that. People were committed to trying to improve, but the structure and organization of the college did not allow them to do that. I understand that you played piano. How long did you play, and do you have any favorite um, composers? My mother, you know, tried to get me to play the piano when I was six, and I refused. But then, when my daughter was eight or so, we decided, well, she should play the piano, and we went to to find a, a piano teacher. And so I go in with with her, and we sit down, and the piano teacher talks to her, and she's going. And then I go, can I take lessons too? So we went for for a few years. We would go together. And, and, and play the, the problem was she had to agree never to play the songs I was because she could like play them in a second and I would like work away and I'd never, couldn't get, never get it right. So that was the deal that we had, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. To me, it's um, a chance to you know, work on something and really concentrate on it that's not work. My, my favorite composer is Chopin. I mean, I always say if I could only play one, I would definitely, that's the one I would, I would play. I'm, I, I now work on several of them, but um, so uh, Chopin uh, uh, Waltz in A minor, that's one of my favorite pieces. It's not that difficult to play. I'm playing a Mozart Sonata in C. That's a fairly well-known uh, piece. A few pieces I kind of hang on to because I don't want to be, I've played for a long time, but I can't play anything for you now because if you stop playing, I, for me, if I stop playing them, I can't, I can't play. I couldn't sit down and play. <laughs> you, <laughs> and, and you know, it, I would say no. <laughs>
We want to thank President Bailey for speaking with us and wish him well in his tenure as president of Teachers College. You can learn more about the week of events related to President Bailey's inauguration by visiting tc.columbia.edu forward slash inauguration. Send us an email at masklab at tc.columbia.edu or a tweet at masklab to let us know what you thought of this episode. You can find more from our collective of researcher practitioners at masklab.org, including regular blog posts, news about upcoming screenings and other events, and links to our other media and research. Our theme music is Kelp Grooves by Little Glass Men, published under a Creative Commons attribution license at freemusicarchive.org. Rest in peace, Free Music Archive. We also featured Chopin's Waltz in A Minor, recorded and released into the public domain by Aya Higuchi. This episode was produced and edited by Caroline DeVoe, Joe Rena Ferry, Lalitha Vasudevan, Elise Blake, and me, Kyle Oliver. Thanks for listening. <laughs>